Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this month's edition about the book How to Work with Almost Anyone by Michael Bungay-Stania. Keep listening to find out the three big ideas from this book and why we should all be having the best possible relationship conversation. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and I'd almost forgotten how to do this because it's been a few months since I've done one of these book episodes, but this is a bit of a special edition because MBS has a new book out, so I like to try and promote books by authors that I like and are supporters of people. MBS is definitely one of those people. And weirdly enough, when you're listening to this, if you listen to this on the day it goes out on Monday the 5th of June, I will actually be in Sintra, just outside of Lisbon, with... Michael Van Gostania and many, many other people, a couple of hundred other people, in fact, at the House of Beautiful Business Conference where Michael was speaking. So who knows, maybe you'll be listening to this and I'll be drinking a cup of tea with MBS himself whilst, uh, whilst in Sintra or eating a pasta de nata or one of the other delicious Portuguese treats that I'm sure they will have on offer there. All right. So anyway, where are we? What are we doing? So this is an episode. So the reason this is a bit of a different edition is because I'm recording this actually kind of what it is today is Friday the 19th of May when I'm recording this because I'm about to go overseas for six weeks. So I won't have all my proper recording equipment with me to do my normal, what is now the normal monthly episodes where I talk about the books that I've read in the previous month. So that is why this June edition, this all perfectly nicely worked out in terms of timing and things. I thought given Michael's book will just be coming out when this goes live and the fact I'll be away. So I've and I've had a pre version of the book to to read and to enjoy. I'll be able to tell you about it. So there we go. It all just worked out nicely. So this is a bit of a different edition. And then in July, once I'm back, I'll tell you about all the books I read in kind of May, June kind of time and about my trip as well. However, if you are missing me, if you're like, no, I can't possibly wait that long to hear from you, I will still be doing my newsletter. So that will still go out. So that will come out next week if you're listening to this when it goes live. So mid-June, so second week of June. So you can sign up for that. It's called The Bookmark. It's on Substack. And you can find that by clicking the link in the show notes to this episode. All right, there we go. We've covered a lot in, what, two and a half minutes. So I'm going to get into this. We're going to tell you the three big ideas from the book, How to Work with Almost Anyone. But first, as usual, I will tell you a little bit about the book, a little bit about Michael, if in case you're not familiar with his books. I have talked about three of Michael's other books in previous episodes too. So over the last kind of 200 or so episodes, there are Michael's books are in there too. So The Coaching Habits, the advice trap and which is a book I gift quite often to teams I work with and also the how to begin book which is if I'm going to be honest that's my favorite one is the how to begin book Uh, but the advice trap is one that I gift the most to teams that I work with and leaders that I work with so a little bit about Michael let's start there and then I'll tell you a bit about the book then we'll get into three big ideas and all of this information you can find on Michael's website by the way mbs.works I'll pop a link to that in the show notes as well This is Michael's eighth or maybe ninth book, depending on what you count. If you know any of his others, most likely it's The Coaching Habit, which has sold more than a million copies and is the best-selling book on coaching this century, which is pretty cool. The one before this book, the the How to Work with Almost Anyone book, was called How to Begin, and how to, which is how to set a worthy goal as a way of unlocking your own greatness. And back in 2011, Michael created and edited a book called End Malaria, a book in partnership with Seth Godin, which raised more than $400,000 for Malaria No More. 
Michael founded Box of Crayons, a learning and development company that's trained lots of people around the world to be more coach-like. You find that at boxofcrayons.com. And currently, much of his attention is given to mbs.works, which is where he provides people with the resources and community to unlock greatness, theirs and others. Other highlights of MBS's life is being happily married for nigh on 30 years, captaining his under-13 soccer team, presenting a TEDx talk that's been seen by about 1.5 million people, being on Brene Brown's podcast, that's a really good episode, I'll pop a link to that in the show notes as well, knowing how to make a fair number of great cocktails, being a Rhodes Scholar, being sued by a law professor for defamation, surviving for more than 20 Toronto winters, performing in a nude male modelling skit in the law review at university, and playing small roles in inventing stuffed crust pizza and a whiskey nominated as the worst single malt ever invented and liking his parents, two brothers and their families. All of that's taken from mbs.works. Like I said, link to that in the show notes. So let's talk a little bit about this book. So this book is called How to Work with Almost Anyone. The quality of your working relationships determines your success and your happiness. So stop leaving it all to chance. Build relationships that are safe and vital and repairable. One essential question, five One essential conversation, five powerful questions. This is your chance to build the best possible relationships with all the people who matter. And if you order the book before 27th of June, so you've got a few more weeks before that deadline, you can get bonuses to help support bringing this to life in your own teams or organizations or just generally into your life. Again, link to all of that information is in the show notes so you can get on with that. Let's talk about the three big ideas from the book, how to work with Almost Anyone by Michael Bangaistania. Big idea number one is this is a conversation you should have. This is less, this big idea is less of a prompt or a specific thing in the book, but more the underlying theme that we can and we should have these conversations. This in itself feels pretty wild, like a pretty wild idea. Michael says that we all deserve great relationships and that we can make relationships into our best possible relationships or BPRs, our best possible relationships. But we need to normalize these conversations at work, even if that idea feels a little bit weird, a little bit gross, a little bit awkward at first. Michael says in the book that this isn't therapy and it's definitely not Tinder, but it is radical. So much of work, and I've talked about this in regards to lots of other books as well, so much at work happens by accident. It does not happen by design. And that absolutely includes our relationships. And that comes at a cost. We've all been there or we've all been that person who has been either the catalyst for a great relationship or possibly the reason that one doesn't go as well as it could or maybe ends in a way that it maybe could be could have been avoided. We've all probably been people's best possible relationship. We've probably also been someone's worst possible relationship. And that's just in a work context, never mind in life as well. However, these conversations are possible, they are practical, they are necessary. Whether this is a new relationship, an old relationship, or one that needs a bit of a repair job doing to it. But the overall point of this book is that these are conversations that we should be having and that we are missing out as a result of. So there we go, that is big idea number one. This is a conversation we should have. Big idea number two is safe, vital, repairable. So this is one of the key ideas of the book and this is how you define a, your best possible relationship. A best possible relationship is safe, it's vital and repairable. Safe is the idea of an absence of fear. It taps taps into this idea of psychological safety, the ability to be able to speak up, to be able to share things, to be able to challenge stuff, to be able to have a harder conversation and even bring this type of stuff up around having a relationship-based conversation with the other person. So for a conversation to be safe, 
and for that relationship to be a safe place for that. The next one is vital. Vital is the idea of amplifying the good. And I really like this idea of vital because it, it covers a lot and it's quite, an, quite a, an energy, high energy word, I think. It's the ability to also challenge and support. So we get to amplify the good of you, of the other person in the relationship and be able to challenge and support each other in doing that. So it's a vital relationship. And then finally, repairable. Repairable is this idea of resilience in a relationship. If your relationship would crack and fall apart at the slightest kind of mishap or misunderstanding, it's possibly not your best possible relationship. But a relationship that is repairable, that is resilient, particularly when it's the, and maybe when it is big stuff that goes wrong, particularly when it's the smaller, medium sort of size things that can get in the way of, of great relationships. Michael talks about the fact that our relationships don't always have to be perfect, but we need to have commitment to fix damage when and if it happens. And I think this is this really nice idea that of, you know, this kind of like anti-fragile idea that is really popular at the moment around organization design or organizations more generally in businesses is, is applying that to our relationships as well. Like how do we make them resilient? How do we make them repairable? So best possible relationship is safe, vital, repairable. The idea of success is that you are applying maintenance to your relationships. It requires consistent and constant effort. And that should be intentional. Like I was saying in big idea number one, this is not something that's going to happen by accident. You may start by accident. There may be great relationships. You're like, hey, this could be even better. But at the moment, it's all happening by happenstance, by accident. Also, another factor of success is there is a shared responsibility. One person is not carrying the load for maintaining the relationship and putting all the legwork in and the other person is not. And they're just kind of kicking back. The third of the four points of success is that to have a best possible relationship, you have permission to talk about the relationship. And that always feels a bit meta, doesn't it, when we start doing that and we start talking about the relationship to the person that the relationship is with, but really necessary in order to have more intent and in order to shine a light and be like, hey, this bit, this bit, when we have these conversations, it feels like we're not really listening or staying curious or being on the same page. And this is a this is an area of contention. Whereas when we're having these types of conversations, that that's not the case. So we need to be able to zoom out, look at the relationship from the outside and have permission to talk about the relationship. And then finally, the fourth point of success in a best possible relationship is having a deeper understanding of each other. Being able to be curious, ask questions, provoke a little bit and kind of prod and ask some kind of grosser questions sometimes as well. And not gross in terms of like bodily fluids, but gross in terms of the things that make us go, oh, I don't really want to ask that. But we do. So having a deeper understanding of each other. And for some people, and you may be one of those people, maybe you are listening to this and being like, no, no way, I don't want to have those sort of conversations with people at work. But I think we're missing out on so much when we don't. And there are lots of people, I know them, you probably know them as well, who are like, no, I don't have friends at work, blah, blah, blah. This isn't necessarily about being friends with someone. Now, if you're, if it is your best possible relationship, maybe you are friends with them too. But I think there's an interesting piece here around having a really strong, best possible working relationship. You don't have to go and hang out after work if that's not what you want to do. That's fine. But you can still have a really fantastic working relationship. And there's some really interesting studies that have been done about this more actually quite recently. I've seen some recently around the benefits of having a best friend at work or this kind of idea of a you know, work wife, work husband, work spouse type thing as well. So, yes, lots of things to think about in terms of being your best possible relationship. And that is big idea number two, safe, vital and repairable. Big idea number three is the keystone conversations. 
this is where it all starts. We have, there's five questions that kick off the keystone conversation that you need to have. There's a few different ways of doing this as well. Michael talks about that in the book, but ultimately the, the big thing is the content of the, of the conversation. So the five questions to kick off is, first of all, is the amplify question. So this is the, what's your best, when are you at your best type conversation? The second question is the steady question. So this is about your practices, your preferences, what makes you tick, what makes you work well, and potentially then where, may get, where you may get in the way of each other if those are different or similar. The third and fourth question, there's two, two parts to this, is the good date, bad date question. And this is around your reflections and lessons from previous relationships. And some of those lessons may come from more personal relationships, maybe romantic relationships, maybe work relationships, maybe all over the place, family relationships, etc. What is it that you have learned from relationships that have been really, really strong, really great, but maybe those that have been good but then fallen apart or have just always been not that great not that healthy and what were those lessons and reflections from those so that's question three and four the good date bad date question and then finally the repair question question number five and that one's really around how do we fix things when they go wrong so it's a little bit of a pre-mortem I suppose thinking about what maybe what types of things may may cause us to to trip up or that things might need repairing or just from a hypothetical like when things go wrong how might we fix that how might we call that out how might we start that conversation and what do we need to have in that section around the repair michael does share some really good tips around de-escalating and embracing curiosity in order to reset the relationship or reset that particular situation that is appearing and has happened in order to then move forward and be able to repair the relationship this bit, I think, is really, all of it's really useful and important and interesting. The repair one, I think, is more so, because I think that's really the proof in the pudding, isn't it? It's, is there commitment in from both parties in order to even address that thing that's gone wrong? Or are we just going to ignore it? That's when it kind of turns into this weird toxic soup that surrounds a team or an organization. And I absolutely see that all the time where a relationship has fallen apart. Over, either over time or because one big thing goes wrong and it doesn't take long before everyone gets kind of swept into the the whirlwind of the soup and lots of other people are then involved rather than just two people having a grown-up conversation maybe not in the heat of the moment maybe a few days later or whatever to be like hey what happened how do we move forward from this and if we can't move forward how are we still going to work together in inverted commas in some way shape or form or obviously re ideally repair the relationship so those are the five questions, the amplify question, the steady question, the good date, the bad date, and the repair questions. And as you would expect with a book by Michael Bangestania, the book is full of questions that fall into those different question sets. The second part of the book, or I suppose really the third part of the book, is how to initiate those conversations, what to do, kind of follow-up questions you can ask and things as well. Super useful because that's really how you're going to bring it to life. And there's a difference there between where you may prepare yourself for, for those questions and then initiate the conversation with someone else and, and different ways of doing that, whether you even send them some of this or even give them the book to read beforehand and come back together and be like, hey, what conversation do we now need to have? Uh, either way, though, I think you need to be, you need to have a level of self-awareness. And actually, Michael talks about this in the book in that the you start from where you are like you will answer these questions from the self-awareness that you currently have because that's kind of the only way you you can but over time and particularly from talking to the other person that's where you might start to increase your self-awareness by having these conversations more often and being able to then follow through with that by having more conversations and following them up and this is an iterative process 
And as it says in here as well, that it requires maintenance and it requires reflection coming back and checking in and all of those things in order for it really to be your best possible relationship. So again, that is big idea number three, the keystone conversations. That's it. That's a wrap. Three big ideas from the book, How to Work with Almost Anyone. Big idea number one, this is a conversation you should have. Big idea number two, safe, vital, repairable. And big idea number three, keystone conversations. The book is short and practical and there are a couple of people I'm actually going to buy this book for, leaders of teams where there's a bit of work to be done around some relationships, new people have come in, baggage has been has been created and is being rolled around, all of those different things. So this is a book that is something I will definitely be recommending and buying for people and recommending people buy themselves potentially too. And I also like the fact that it is quite short and you can flick to it, highlight some questions, be like, oh, cool. And you could use it bit by bit. You don't have to sit down and work through every single question in this book all at once. That would probably be, <laughs> might be the end of the relationship if you do do that. But what it can do is give you kind of prompts, starters, ways to initiate that conversation without it feeling too awkward. It may always feel a little bit awkward and how to continue that in different situations, whether something's gone wrong, whether you're starting, whether it's a new relationship, all of those different contexts and ideas and ways that that, this might come to life. If you've pre-ordered this book, if you've read it, if you've had an early copy as well, I'd love to hear from you. Also, if this is a book you're going to be adding to your reading list because you have listened to this and you think, yeah, this is exactly what I need or my team needs or someone in my organization needs or someone in my life needs. And actually, that's a good point because whilst this is very much based around work relationships, so many of these conversations and questions could absolutely be repurposed and used in a more personal relationship sense as well. You may need to change elements of the context or whatever, but really the conversations remain pretty similar. They're just maybe different lenses you need to put over it. So yes, might be super useful for you in different parts of your life too. Anyway, love to hear from you, whatever you're thinking about this content or about this book. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, Steph Clark. There's a link in the show notes or on Instagram at Steph's Biz Bookshelf. And well worth giving Michael a look up as well and follow because he shares some pretty cool and useful and interesting things in his newsletters and other kind of social content that he shares. And don't forget, if you do pre-order this book by the 27th of June, you will get some bonuses as well, which will help you bring all of this to life. And also just to finish off the important note that Michael hasn't asked me to do this episode. This is not sponsored in any way. Michael did send me or Michael and his team did send me a preview version of the book, which was very nice and generous. But this was done off my own volition because I needed some because I needed a podcast episode for June while I was away and the timing just worked out perfectly. So this is not not sponsored content. All opinions are, of course, my own. All right. I will see you when I'm back in July. In the meantime, happy reading.